In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tu es rex absconditus, Deus Israel. The Alleluia verse from Isaiah chapter 4. Thou art a hidden king is the refrain of all of these weeks, of all of, all of these epiphanies. Our Lord is, is manifest to a, to a select person. Or persons who who will then proclaim this, not wildly, but to a select number of people. On January sixth, we celebrate the Epiphany. Again, it's not just the Magi visiting the newborn babe, and certainly it's not uh, 12 days after he was born, that's for sure. It was a select few, those few. There were three gifts. We have names for Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. Hopefully those initials are over your front door already, which reminds me, I still have to do that on the rectory front door. Um, I'm supposed to have people for that, right? Um, A select few. And they found out the hard way that what the information they have is, um, is not necessarily for everyone or not everyone will do good with this information. At the baptism of the Lord, it is our, uh, um, our patron's namesake, St. John the Baptist, who he, he sees um, the image of the Holy Spirit. That was the sign that was given him ahead of time. He points out our Lord a day later, behold the Lamb of God. He was given something to look forward to. And then acknowledges that before the people to whom that proclamation needs to be made, namely Andrew and John. At the wedding feast of Cana, at the third epiphany, no one actually sees the miracle. It's just the, you know, the chief wine steward knows that this has happened. Others will um, benefit from it. But that's that's the epiphany that makes his divine power, or at least his ability to do miracles, known even to angels and fallen angels. He is rex absconditus. He is the hidden king. And in the other events... Associated with this mashup of 
our Lord's birth and infancy and youth, his presentation of the temple, which is still yet to be celebrated on February 2nd, Simeon knows now the, the promise has been fulfilled. Now you let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared. A light to reveal you to, a light to, reveal you to the nations. He proclaims this primarily to Mary. Mary is also primarily the one who is the observer at the wedding feast at Cana. She is the one who hears the, the, uh, the homage of the, of the three kings. And so too, in this fifth joyful mystery of the rosary, in the finding of the child in the temple. He is still rex absconditus. The mystery is still unfolding for Mary and Joseph. They do not understand what he says. They don't understand his words. That's not said about the people who are interacting with our Lord over those three fascinating days. Would have been wonderful to have a transcript of that conversation. We don't need to have a transcript of that conversation, but the Holy Spirit wants us to know about the conversation that our Lord had with his mother. How is it that you sought me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the word that he spoke unto them. A manifestation of his divinity that will only be recognized much later. The observer of the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph, beautifully. Last time we hear of him in sacred scripture. In the life of the family, the hidden king is found time and time again because God is the author of all good. Anything that is good and true and beautiful comes from and points to the Lord. We learn from observing Mary and Joseph and Jesus in the temple that marriage and family is a cross. It's meant to sanctify us. It's meant to prepare us for the heavenly wedding banquet. It is even a cross for those who are perfect. We associate the demands and the difficulties of family life with sin. Our own sin. We usually associate it with other people's sins, probably. Not so much our own. Um, Originally, religious life or consecrated life, I should say, uh, the life of the contemplative was solitary. And that became eventually um, a life of religion and community. And sometimes it was 
very much not in the mind of the founder. St. Benedict was not trying to form a community of monks, but others wanted to live near this holy man and pray and fast like he did. Some people even draw the comparison that the, the communal aspect of religion is actually a penance. It is, it, and, it's, and it's intended as something that can help in the sanctification of the soul by confronting the challenges of domestic life. When people go on a retreat, do people go on a retreat in a group? No, <laughs> they go off by themselves where they can be left alone and they can be quiet. There is an ideal in solitude. But we are not brought into the world in solitude. We are brought into the world in this domestic cloister of a family. Its troubles aren't just because of sin. As we, as we witness the unfolding of the beauty and the truth of God, as we encounter the limits of our own knowledge, as we confront our ignorance, we realize that we, we stand before the mystery that is inexhaustible. We will, we will never come before the Lord without something to praise and honor and without, without the magnificence of his, of his truth overwhelming us. Our Lord is the hidden king also in this mystery of obedience. The burden of obedience, again, we associate with um, a fallen Situation, but in the perfection of the Trinity, there is obedience, and in the perfection of the Holy Family, there is obedience still. The obedience of Mary to Joseph, and still shockingly. The obedience of our Lord, who is God, to these creatures. She is perfect and immaculate. She is still a creature, and he is obedient to her. He is obedient to Joseph. Our obedience then takes on a whole new dimension. It is not simply a circumstance of, a, of an unfortunate situation. It may be in part, but the reality of obedience is, is proper to us as creatures of God. And, and most especially as creatures of God who aspire to participate in the life of the Trinity. Where, where love and obedience and joy and freedom are unbound. Our Lord is the hidden king. As we discover him and as others point him out to us, 
we realize that he, um, in our lives, as he was in their lives, he was already there and was not complaining just yet that he was going unnoticed. And how much, how obvious it is then to, to point out that our Lord is the hidden king on the altar. He's the hidden king in the, in the womb of every pregnant mother. A life so tiny that it is easy for people to ignore. The demand of obedience to worship or the demand of obedience to respect this life so easily shirked and more and more so as others make it seem acceptable or even the right thing to do. In that respect, he is, he is our king who is honored and worshiped. He is not hidden. It's hard to see, but we see him. And with the same guidance of the Holy Spirit, we ask the Lord to prompt us to share this mystery. For Christ came into the world that we might have life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.